Good morning. Welcome to this edition of the Richard Urban Show, where we present news and views from God's point of view. Today, we're very happy to have Wayne Clark on. He is the Republican candidate for Delegate District 65. So please introduce yourself. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Wayne Clark. I'm running for House of Delegates, uh, District 65 here in Jefferson County. Uh, I am a small business owner in Jefferson County, uh, most known as the owner of Locust Hill Golf Course. Uh, I am a uh, pro-family, uh, pro-life, um, and pro-Second Amendment, uh, and I look forward to your questions. Okay, great, great. Well, what do you think is like in the district or you know, maybe statewide, what do you think the biggest issue is right now? Well, I mean, uh, it's, you know, COVID. I mean, um, you know, that's the biggest issue uh, nationwide. Um, you know, what COVID is, has done to small businesses and what it's about to do. And what I mean by about to do, uh, as a prime example, myself, um, as a golf course, you know, we, you know, during the summertime, uh, we're busy, but in the wintertime is when we rely a lot on our social environment. Um, we rely on hosting Christmas parties. We rely on, you know, live music nights. Um, we rely on our restaurant sales. Our restaurant sales are, are about to take a massive hit uh, because the current COVID restrictions that are put on uh, restaurants in regard and and uh, entertainment venues like myself um, that are about to come out, um, you know, with 25 people gathering, you know, uh, no buffets, no live music inside. So a lot of small business owners, you know, are starting to see that type of thing. Um, and other things such as, you know, your PPP, uh, PPE protection stuff, the, mm -hmm. the plexiglass, the gloves, the, you know, hey, well, we got to use styrofoam plates. We can't use, you know, glass plates. Uh, all, all that additional expenses um, are, are going to really start to imp uh, 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 get more um, uh, strict as we're going into the winter months. Um, and that's going to put a big strain on a lot of small businesses. So do you think, yes, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I've seen things that said like, and already we know many like restaurants have closed. And I saw it was something that said like, was it 25% of restaurants are closed permanently? Maybe in New York City, it's more than that. I mean, yeah. So what, what do you think? Has the governor like overstepped his bounds? Is this really all crazy? Because I'm seeing things like, you know, now studies have shown, I mean, at first we didn't know, like, there's really not concern about touching surfaces. That's not how it spreads. So why are we doing all this crazy stuff? Do you have any comments on that? Well, I mean, let's go back to March when, you know, the governor, you know, issued the statewide, you know, shutdown, you know, uh, and, and many other governors followed suit. We had no idea, you know, what this virus was going to do. Uh, we had no idea where, you know, how the virus was going to affect us. But we do know now, you know, we do know that, you know, it's very hard to get COVID from touch services. It's very hard. I mean, if you're maintaining a social distance, it's very hard to get it, you know, from just talking to someone. 
you know. So um, at this point now, what we know, we should now start to be start opening up, you know, some of the restrictions, allowing, you know, business to businesses to maintain themselves, allowing businesses, you know, to, you know, do what they have to do. Um, you know, I, sure, we gotta, you know, we have to have smaller you know, staff and all that because we have less customers, but, you know, no customers, that doesn't work. Less customers, that does work. And we need to open up the restrictions so that we can we can at least have less customers. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I mean, myself or myself and my wife, like, you know, I mean, these things, a lot of it, I think, is posturing. I mean, so you go to a restaurant and say, okay, wear a mask. And then, like, um, you know, but the, the obviously when you're sitting at your table eating, you're not wearing your I mean, it's like, it doesn't, it's just like appearances and it's very damaging. And honestly, it's not very pleasant for me. I mean, now, you know, with these kind of things, you know, people like myself, we don't really feel like going out and eating so much. I mean, occasionally may. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of, a lot of sense. So one question is like in the House of Delegates, will you like, um, vote to modify the emergency powers because now they're going on and on like would you want to restrict them in time like to maybe 30 days and then the legislature has to come back or what do you think i i do agree we have to make some sort of adjustments to the emergency powers act you know and uh it's not just you know it's not just my opinion it's you know other other others who are running um also agree uh it's you know the the take one person to get to have full authority for this long um or to bypass as an example back in in April when the governor issued additional powers to Dr. Reedy of the health department here in Jefferson County those types of things you know um should be looked at and um, revised uh, in this setting. And, you know, you hear it all the time. You know, let me make my choice of what I feel is best for me and my family. Right. Don't dictate my choice from someone else. No, I agree. I agree with that. Individual responsibility. Like, if, if you feel personally you're at a great risk, you know, then avoid going to say uh, any event or restaurant or whatever i mean but to say that everybody has to follow these do very dubious guidelines i mean about all the mask wearing and uh, distancing and all those things i think is is very uh, questionable let the people decide you know themselves correct yeah i definitely agree with that that's that's very important well one interesting thing is i know that you know Governor Justice supposedly is a Republican. I know <laughs> he changed parties. But really, I mean, I'm wondering if, do you think the response, or in your opinion personally, is it muted from some legislators or people more because, may they don't, because he's supposedly Republican? I mean, honestly, myself, I like S. Marshall Wilson. I'm going to write him in, honestly, <laughs> for governor. But what do you think? Is there is a little of that good old boy politics going on? Like, people are like, a little reluctant to push back if the Republicans because of that fact, or what do you think? 
you know, I mean, I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily want to speak, but you know, about that. I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not in the room while these decisions are going. Um, you know, I too have, you know, uh, listened to Mr. Wilson and I, I believe as well that he would be a, a strong candidate for governor, you know, um, but you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't answer that because I'm not there. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I meant more from like just the legislators, like why didn't the legislators come back? You know, I know, I think it's, it's three fifths, right? You know, I didn't feel, yeah. I didn't see, I did contact, you know, our legislators, but I didn't get much response saying, yes, we're going to come back. This is very important. It's kind of like it was a, to me, a weak response. Do you know what I'm saying? Correct. I agree. I agree. You know, um, should there have been an, you know, an emergency session? Uh, probably, you know, especially as this process continued on. Um, why there wasn't one, I don't know. And I don't want to speak about something I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. On another note, like, when do you think life begins? I guess I'm asking about, you know, so-called pro-life question, but when for you does life begin? Because I know that's a, I'm probably most likely a differentiating fact with your opponent, right? Yeah, life begins with conception. Okay, so that's, that's a clear thing for you. It's, yeah, it's clear. It's, it is, you know, uh, my wife and I um, unfortunately had, uh, had had two miscarriages before um we had our our twins um and i have a uh, older daughter uh she's uh 26 now um who has two daughters herself um you know and i had her at a young age and there was no thought process i mean it was okay here we go you know we're going from college to parents right away um so you know conception starts life yes okay all right that's that's clear for everyone listening yeah on a well maybe somewhat related topic i've been working on in the legislature over several years now the health freedom issue or not often called vaccination choice meaning as you know like in west virginia we have this mandate no vaccination no school so do you think there should be religious or conscientious objections to like vaccinations or it's like a one like it is now is okay or what's your opinion on that all right interesting question um my personal belief you know um my daughters have been vaccinated um, for many of things. Um, my daughters have not been vaccinated for some things, you know, um, it is a, it is a, it is a religious belief on what should be. And, you know, if you choose not to have your child vaccinated for something, let's use, you know, um, let's go way back. So let's go back to polio, okay? If you mm -hmm. chose not to have your child vaccinated for polio, but at the same time, the school says, okay, well, you can't because you can't come to school because you did not get that vaccina vaccination, 
then you have no choice but to homeschool your kid. You know, um, you know, it, you know, that is, that is the way the law is written and you know, that is what it is. I mean, but in our state and a few other states, but most states have exemptions still. Correct. Most states do have exemptions for that. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's something, you know, that a, uh, first year, you know, uh, delegate, um, should attack, you know, I, I think that's, you know, so I, I'll leave my answer to the way it, the way it is. Okay. You know, um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, um, okay. All right. So that's, that's your, you gave your opinion on that. Yeah. I know. Um, well, yeah, let's ask this. So I'm over here in uh, Shenandoah, and one issue I'm working on with like uh, Steve Harris and others is like uh, for emergency safety and general also in general, like that there should be a Southern or another, which presumably really would be Southern exit for Shenandoah. You know, on Mission Road here, we have some like 4,000 people and there's Correct. only one way in and out. So would you, the short question is, would you support like funding like for such a road in the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely the traffic study study has shown that, it, you know, there is some sort of a situation um, in the Shenandoah area. You, you have, you have a, a, uh, a, you know, Mission Road is not, you know, conducive, you know, to two lanes coming out. Um, there should be something, you know, if, if the county, the state has the funding, uh, to bring in another road, um, and, and if we have the property, you know, I don't, I, I don't know for sure if there's, you know, state ground that is accessible, uh, out, where does that connect to, you know, does it connect all the way down to Route 7? Um, does it come out to Route 7 or does it connect over to Shepherd's, um, uh, Shepherd, what's that, Shepherd's Mill Road um, in a little part of where it's in West Virginia still? Yeah, Raven, you know, uh, the Raven but, Rocks area you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, those are undecided, but it seems like there needs to be a plan. I mean, it's just not feasible from like a emergency viewpoint and there's no... Right. The sheriff, for instance, says there is no like evacuation plan or anything, so it needs focus. I I, and, I agree. And funding. Okay. Yeah. If you're if you're if, if you're trying to evacuate through Mission Road and you're doing two lanes out, emergency vehicles can't get past you. Yeah. Well, that that or if there's an, or just the logistics of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, just kind of on a more open question, like, how would you, like, differentiate yourself from your opponent, Sammy Brown? Like, why, why should the voters choose you? You know, what, what's different? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the biggest difference between myself um, and what I've learned about Sammy Brown is that, I'm going to work, I'm going to get in, I'm going to work with others that are nearby, you know, other delegates, senators, to find a way to improve the business structure of West Virginia, to 
bring more small businesses, entrepreneurs into West Virginia that are going to provide money to our tax base. That's going to help us so that we can, you know, do things um, for the schools, uh, improve the schools without necessarily having to, you know, bring in another, you know, $40 million, you know, levy every few years. Um, so that is something that I'm going to work on. I'm not going to go in there under a, you know, predisposed agenda, you know, and focus on just my agenda. You know, I'm going to work for everybody. Uh, my time at city council uh, in Charlestown, you know, I learned that, you know, you have to take everybody's side and then figure out a way that it's going to best suit all citizens, not just select you. You know, everybody's got to benefit from whatever legislation you pass or introduce. And yeah. that's the biggest difference between me and her. I would assume you, well, let me not assume anything. So you mentioned school lab. Interesting, I was recently wrote an editorial about that. I'm definitely, there's a lot of waste there. I'm, I'm voting, personally, I think that voters should vote against this excess school levy. Um, but uh, what I was going to say about the um, funding is, yeah, the idea of, it seems like, and I know you're not in charge of the school budget, but although the state does provide most of the school budget, so actually it is a relevant question. Anyway, what I'm getting to is that the um, levy here in Jefferson County seems to become sort of like an entitlement. You know, they're giving themselves big raises, and it's like, so far as I, I've been able to find out, and I was spending some time researching it, you can't really find out the breakdown, and even the newspaper took them three months to figure out what salaries they gave to what people, not salaries, bone added salaries. All that being said, it's extremely non-transparent. It seems extremely wasteful. And couldn't there be better ways to raise money if needed or use taxpayer dollars? And even like the idea of school choice and things like that. Do you have any comments on those kind of issues? I do. Um, the levy, it's the wrong time for the levy, you know, in, in, in a time right now where half our kids are going to school, half the kids are virtual learning, you know, um, you know, just to, you know, I, I look through the entire levy and where money's going and, and what money's going for. And yes, a lot of these schools need these repairs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be attending the Harpers, Harpers Ferry, Charlestown. A football game today and yes that stadium needs repaired but you know we can find other ways of doing that type of stuff you know rather than just blasting these you know 40 million dollar levy um, yeah i understand i understand the you know the backbone of it but you know i don't think it's the right time to introduce that levy at this point you know well you know we, there's we just, two levies right there's an excess levy so-called which right. I feel they're not very transparent about. So as best I, as I've researched, only like 2% goes to teachers' salaries. And then it's, I cannot obtain the information or find it anywhere, actually how much they spend on extra aides and stuff and how much they spend on office staff. But I do know the office staff is like, one striking thing is like 38 administrative positions for like um, 9,000 students. And in Kanawha County, they have 47, only a little bit more, for 25,000 students. 
You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's no doubt that there is, you know, a, a, a unbalanced um, between the administrative and, and the numbers of students in many of the counties throughout the state. You know, West Virginia is one of the highest states in the country to educate kids. We spend nearly $12,000 per student to educate them. That's a lot of money. And there's a lot of, you know, positions that, you know, and I don't want anybody to lose their job or anything like that. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of positions that, you know, we need to really look into the budget and say, okay, do we need this? You know, do we, do we need this position? My wife's a teacher and, you know, she teaches in Loudoun County. Uh, she wanted to come over to Jefferson County, but our family just can't take that hit mm-hmm. from the difference in Loudoun County to Jefferson County uh, in salary. And, you know, in, until Jefferson County can figure out a way to balance that difference, you know, many of our teachers are going to travel out of state. Hmm. You know, and I, I don't know, I mean, $250,000 in raises back in June um, for, for the administrative, you know, we could have, we could have put every teacher in Jeff, in Jefferson County, you know, could have given them a $500 COVID bonus. You know, I mean, I don't, it wouldn't have made a huge difference to their financials, but it would help some. Yeah, anyway, well, I read today you know, they're doing that, but they're using the CARES money. I don't know if that's how they figured that out. But um, yeah, it's very yeah. I think it, a lot of it is deceptive because you know people are saying, and I've and I've, some teachers have commented on my um, editorial that oh, we'll be cut a lot because the excess levy if it's not passed. But as far as I mean, a lot. If someone, if I'm wrong, someone correct me. But something like two percent, two, not twenty, two percent of that excess levy goes to teacher and service personnel salaries. <laughs> you know, so it's just a lot, a lot, a lot of waste, a lot of administrative bloat. And you know, I mean, maybe it'd be better if taxpayers kept their money. And if the school wants a librarian and the, the state doesn't pay for it, this parents would have might have, you know, $500 each in their pocket and fund it themselves. I mean, I don't know. I mean, things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at some other states that are around us, you know, Pennsylvania is a prime example, you know, um, your property tax stays in the county and funds the schools, you know, so each county has its own funding program, you know, West Virginia for ever you know it's all state funded everything goes down to you know Kanawha county goes down to the capital and then it's distributed out when you look at the median income you know individual median income for for the state of west virginia you know you're somewhere just at 40,000 well in some counties where the median income is you know 32 your teachers are making you know 42 but then you look at some of your counties where the median comes in the 50s and 60s and 70s, like Jefferson County, and they're only making 42, you know, 47, you know, 
with locality and you know bonuses and all the other but you know it should be more of a county based not a mm-hmm. you know not a state yeah i think we have the locality well interesting i would like to see if the school school board wants to argue strongly for the levy i'd like to see them make a clear breakdown honestly i think they're afraid to because people would see like oh we spent i'm just i don't know the exact figure 13 million for the administration or or whatever right. it is 5 million oh we only gave the teachers um you know 1 million and i don't know where you know it's totally unclear it says okay the levies for 17 million plus for salaries well that's not good enough whose salaries how much it's you know that's not appropriate i don't feel that's appropriate way to be accountable tax and also they spent also a million dollars for this epic place which is uh some kind of inter-county organization and they also pay the lawyer from that miss sutton it's impossible to know how much they spent on the lawyer I mean, that's a lot of money to give that organization a million dollars, which includes the lawyer. So they've obfuscated that because the lawyer positions up. There's just so many things. It's just like, you know, if you, if you, um, your personal money, would you just give it to somebody like, okay, here's $10,000. They don't even account for it. I'm sorry. That's not right. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I got so many things I could do with $10,000, but yeah. And not yeah. just give it away. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's forty percent increase. The ex- now the excess levy, the school bond would increase it even more. I think another, right. another. I'm not sure the exact percentage, but the excess levy increases the property tax forty percent. Forty, forty percent. So that's like, as on a two hundred twenty-five thousand dollar house for renters, it would be like hundred bucks, assuming the landlord will pass right. that on. And for homeowners, hundred bucks a month. 50 bucks right. a month for homeowners. That's a lot. That is. Yeah. Okay. Well, we spent a bit of time on that, but yeah. <laughs> so with the education overall, would you like, you know, I know that we have a, in our, that education choice bill, I think Ms. Rucker worked on that a lot. She did. Yes. There are now a few, I don't know that there's any in the works, but like something like three charter schools are authorized or is it five? Which isn't a lot, but are you for more school choice, or do you like the system as is now, where everything goes to public education, pretty much? Well, uh, I mean, I grew up in Baltimore, and I chose to go to a different high school than my brother and my family um, because of the curriculum that they have, you know, and school choice in, you know, and you know, yes, Baltimore City schools are really really bad but some of them are really really good you know school choice can help and you know what have we done in the last 15 years to to improve anything has anything worked you know let's let the charter schools you know go and see if they work and you know at least we have something so i i I agree with school choice i agree with you know the charter schools it's only three. Let's see how they work. You know, give us a you know a five ten year process to see how they work before we start going crazy and building charter schools all through the state. You know, um, and you know, see if the test scores go up. See if you know um, our kids are more proficient. You know, and are 
you know, more kids are, you know, earning their promise scholarships or, you know, going out of state to major universities, that kind of stuff. Um, let's see what happens with it. Okay. Yeah, I think more cho more choice is good. Or, you know, if parents want to choose to homeschool or hire teachers on small groups, I forget, I don't know what the technical name is. I guess it's a part of homeschooling. Sometimes they hire a teacher to teach, you know, I don't know, physics or something. You know, well, that's their choice, you know. So, I mean, right now that's not funded. But, I mean, I think those kind of things – Almost some of the things like that almost passed. Not yet, <laughs> but yeah, choice is good. I think that's good. Um, yeah, I think we should have different choices. And on the pro-life issue, I just want to mention like our organization deals with, um, you know, sexual health education. I think, you know, that's more probably at the county level, but what the policy is. But I think also regarding that issue of like, you know, life, if we take it a step back, you know, it's good to, or you can tell me what you think, but, you know, encourage school age youth not to have sex before marriage, which is sometimes, in my experience, I work with that issue on nonprofit, can be very contentious, but it should, I believe that should be the standard for school age children. Do you have any opinion about that? Well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, as, a, as a father of, you know, three girls, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to teach them that very concept, you know, um, and if that, that kind of teaching starts at home right. and should be reiterated in school, but it, it's got to start at home. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the parents need to be teaching that as, as a basis and, you know, the reasons why, you know, absence, you know, at a young age is important and you know having it reiterated in school yes you know but it, it's not it's not the school's main responsibility you know it's the parents responsibility. well true but it pretty much every county and jurisdiction has some kind of you know aids prevention education so those topics inevitably come up you know what I mean? right yeah okay all right. Well, as we're winding down, just um, like to see if there's any other um, issues you'd like to address and really why, you know, why we've covered a lot already, I know, but any like closing statement I want to make about why the voters should uh, vote for you? Well, I mean, it, it, the thing about myself is, you know, uh, I'm a common sense guy, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to do what's going to be best for Jefferson County and would do what's best for the state of West Virginia. Uh, and, you know, I'm not someone that's going to get pushed around. Um, when I, you know, make my decision, my decision is what it is. You know, um, I stand behind my, my decision. Obviously, yes, someone can, you know, have a constructive conversation with me to change my opinion. Um, and providing they have, you know, factual backing for that, correct. But, you know, I'm going to stay strong with, you know, my convictions um, in regards to what, you know, the state needs, what Jefferson County needs, you know, and what our, our kids need. Um, one of the important things to understand is that any decisions that we make now are going to affect those in the future. And 
we need to make sure that we're making the right decisions now so that the state continues to grow um, and the county continues to grow and improve. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. I hope we get, you know, everybody's vote on November 3rd. Um, Wayne Clark, House of Delegates, uh, District 65. Okay. So we're going to make this available on video and podcast. Anybody could search, by the way, for the Richard Urban Show on any, like, podcast platform, and they'll also be able to find it there. All right. Well, I thank you very, very much, yeah, for coming on today. We'll, we'll uh, uh, get this out, and I hope it helps a lot of voters to decide. I hope so, too, and I appreciate you, you reaching out to me and, and, and inviting me out here. Okay. All right. I'm your host, Richard Urban, coming from Stork Harpers Ferry. Thank you for joining us today, and do be blessed.